Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Today is the day we speak about love. Today is the day we look at what love means and what it is and all sorts of things about how we use the word love. When I was growing up, there used to be this show called The Love Boat, and I've seen a few reruns during the day uh, on a Tuesday just before, um, just before Star Trek, because I'm a bit of a Trekkie. So there's a rerun, yeah, love, exciting and new. Come aboard, it's fantastic for you. All those, all those lyrics that start the show off. We often think, we often try and decide what is love. We try and come up with a thing that says, this is love. And as a society, that's one way to do it. But in the Bible, love is not a noun. It's a verb. Love is not to say, this is what love is and let's put the poster up and hold that up for everyone to see. In the Bible, love is a verb. It's an action. It's a doing word. It is an expectation that you are caught up in the Spirit of God releasing love. And when we see today's reading, we can see two ways of how to love. We see before the angel and after the angel. So BA and AA, if we're using the uh, BC and AD type of uh, approach. So before the angel comes, we see Joseph, who loves Mary, but she's, she's having a child, and in his, by the law, by living by the law, He's trying to keep her honour and his honour. He's trying to work out a way to love Mary but also get out of the situation. As he says there, as it says in the Gospel, he loves her and he's a righteous man so he's going to dismiss her quietly. He's going to release her quietly. One, he loves her enough to preserve her honour and her dignity because if he had asked the elders to intervene then Mary would have been stoned. If you had children out of wedlock, that means you had sex out of wedlock, which means you, had, um, you, you were, you were um, committing a, breaking the law, which meant you ended up being stoned. So he's trying to preserve her. He loves her enough to preserve her life. But it's also a love of himself. He's trying to preserve his own dignity and his own way of living so that the community doesn't shun him in the process. And he thinks by doing that, by remaining righteous and living under the law, he will um, be able to love someone else and have, another, and have another life and have another marriage. So that's the before angel, the BA part. Then the angel arrives and says, Joseph, you've got a wife. You've got someone with you that's holding, that's bearing, bearing the child that will be the Messiah that's holding on to the child, that is going to give birth to someone who will change the world and bring the Spirit of God into the world. And then afterwards, after that, after the visit from the angel, after having God's input into his life, all of a sudden Joseph goes, well, I'm going to marry her. I'm going to do all the things, not just the righteous things, but the things that God has put on his heart in order to be one with Mary in a different way. So he marries her. And on top of that, he shows his obedience to God 
by naming him Jesus. He, as it says there, he named him Jesus. So we have Mary's obedience in Luke, but today we read about uh, Joseph's obedience in Matthew. And when we look at how this happened, there are a couple of things we have to understand. When we take God's perspective, we are taking the hope, peace and joy and channeling it into love. As we light the Advent wreath, the idea of the Advent wreath is not that each candle is individual, it's that all candles interact with each other. If we were to start at love, and loving, as Jesus says, love God first with all your heart, mind and soul and your neighbour as yourself, if we start at that, then we bring hope, we bring peace, we bring joy. If we start at joy, then we bring love. The Advent wreath reminds us that wherever you start, however you start, in your discipleship of releasing God's plan into the world, there is a journey that continues that ends up building and lifting people up to God. When we look at, the, when we look at today, we see that Joseph is loving Mary following the visit of the angel. So the angel has clearly brought a message of hope to Joseph, a message that the Messiah is coming to the earth to restore the creation. This message brings Joseph peace because now he knows what has happened. God has told him what has happened. The Spirit has been with Mary and created the Messiah inside, begotten the Messiah inside her. And in himself, I am sure that he has a sense of joy that God will finally be coming into the world because as a devout Jew, he was waiting for God to come into the world. So we come to Jesus' first, one of the commandments we've been told. Love God with all your heart, mind and soul and then love your neighbour as yourself or love those that hurt you or those that are your enemies. However you want to finish that second part and add all the bits and pieces we've read about, what, it, what that commandment does is it says we start with love of God. Without the angel's message, without having God's input into his, into his um, decisions on how he was supposed to treat Mary, Joseph had a particular way he was going to do it. Once he had God in his life, he had a higher understanding of how to love Mary and how to proceed in that situation. So if we were to take the Advent wreath as our, as our cornerstone for moving forward in how we love people and how we bring joy, peace and hope, well, it all starts with God. The angel came and gave the message to Joseph. God will come into our life and help us. If we ground ourselves in, in God and into his being and into his perspective and his understanding of what, has been, what he's created and what, how much he loves, his he loves his creation so much that he gave his only son to die on the cross for us, the sinners. An innocent died on the cross for those that were guilty of, of living outside of, God's, outside of God's righteousness and holiness. If we sit in that space first, then we know how to love each other. We know how to be with each other. We know how, when someone is upset, 
how to bring hope or joy or peace into their life. And so as we come into this Christmas period and as we move forward through Christmas, can I ask you to take the message of of, um, Christmas into your life and disrupt the idea of trying to name what love is and trying to have love as a noun and actually moving into that space of having love as a verb. Having love as a verb that starts off with your devotion to God, with your understanding of God, with your ability to connect with God. And we do that through prayer, through reading the Bible, and through fellowship with each other. We need to be together and we need to encourage and speak to each other. When someone's feeling a bit down, well, we sit with them. We sit where they're at. And this is what the angel did. It came, the angel came down and sat with Joseph where he was at. He didn't say, Joseph, you're wrong. Joseph, you're, you're, you're awful for thinking that. There was no words of judgment. It was, well, this is where you're at, Joseph, but God is giving you this message. Come over here. Have a look at this message over here. It wasn't, you're wrong, you're awful and you're terrible, so you come over here. It was, well, you're where you're at, but I've got another message for you and I want you to think about this. I want you to explore this idea. It's an example of our way of reaching out to people. It's an example of our evangelism to others. That we, we, that we stop starting with the idea of that there's a right and a wrong. The relationship of Jesus is a personal and incarnate relationship with each and every single one of you. The way Jesus relates to me is different to anyone else. And I can't say whether Jesus is relating to you in a right or wrong way. But what I can ask you to do and what I hope to inspire you to do is to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Is to stop every day and have a, have a time of prayer and have a time of reading the Bible. And if you're confused about how God is speaking to you, talk to someone that, that understands that is part of your fellowship group. Hence, and this is a plug for the connect groups that we're starting off this year. So if you haven't start, if you need a connect group and you need to be part of a connect group where you've got your fellowship group, well, you might bring that to your cup of tea and say, look, I've been wrestling with this idea. This is what the Bible says. What do you say? How do you say I can translate that into my life? Preparing for the coming of Jesus is what this season is about. We can't prepare for Jesus unless we have a relationship with Jesus. And to have a relationship with Jesus, we've got to move our mindset from thinking about things in our own strength and in our own power and with our own wisdom to opening up the power of heaven and the actions of God, and the wisdom of God into our life. So as we move forward, and we come into the final phase of this season, and we get into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and all those um, amazing uh, lunches and meals that are about to be served, and all the uh, cakes that were about to be served, and hopefully uh, all the people that will be blessed on Christmas Eve through our food bank here, can I encourage you to use the message of this Christmas to just empower your relationship with God, to strengthen it, to nurture it. Because if Jesus is coming, and Jesus says he's coming, so we, we believe in that faithfully, 
then we've got to be ready. And we won't be ready by talking about love as a noun. We'll be ready by using it as a verb, a verb that starts off with, I love my God with all my heart, mind and soul, and my neighbour as myself. The Lord be with you.